Okay, um, so I'm going to share with you this morning uh, a little bit about carrying on talking about the prodigal son um, and coming home. Because um, it's always great to carry on going deeper into this idea. So I want us to start by reading Luke 15 again, the last few verses from verse 17. And he says this, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and see him and say, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is now alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. What a beautiful picture. The son returning home. The father welcomed him with open arms. And then a celebration and a party. Um, so I want us to really stay on this idea of coming home in the father's arm it's all about the returning into the father's arms and just this image of the son embracing the father and the father embracing the son and the father running towards the son is just a picture that i really yeah it's just so beautiful to think that this is what the father does with us all the time but coming home and i want to talk about what coming home means to me and what coming home can mean for each one of us but it's knowing and being aware in a deeper and deeper way of the love of the father in a way that causes everything to come from that place the son didn't get his life together he didn't try to make up all the money he didn't change all his ways before he went home because the reality is that you can't really move forward in a real way in a kingdom way outside of the father's arms Accepting you are accepted and being aware of the Father's love more and more is the only place to start anything. When you are fully aware you are in this place of soaking in his love, everything that comes out of this place is long-lasting. When you are aware of his love for you, the love that hasn't changed, everything comes out of that is long-lasting. The reality is that we are always in his presence. We are we were in his presence this morning before half past ten, before I started talking, before anyone entered the building, we were in his presence when we are always in his presence. We are always loved. We are always his sons and daughters. But our awareness and acceptance of that truth and reality is one needs to shift and change. He can't be any more present. He can't give any more or less love because he has done already my awareness of what that reality must change not his love his love he's given all his love just like the song he does not give his heart in pieces he gives it all my awareness of that reality is what determines how i react was the father in the stories always loving his son this way yes was the father always waiting for him 
filled with compassion, ready to run with him with open arms? Yes. Was the son always aware of this reality? No. Why? Because he was not at home. He was outside of the father's arms. He was not aware of the reality. The reality didn't change. Didn't change from the moment he left. Didn't change when he was at home. Didn't even change anything before even the son was born. This was a reality. The father loved him and was filled with compassion and was ready to run with his arms open wide to his son. That reality did not change. The son's awareness of that truth was what changed when he got home. When you become increasingly aware of God's love, there is no denying it. The place I find myself when I'm aware of his love is a place of security and safety. It's a place of joy. It's a place that you cannot keep it all together. But it does not mean he started loving me that moment. It just means I started becoming aware in that moment. His love has not changed for me. And I know that in this place is where I am meant to be. Aware of his love. Aware of all he has for me. The place is where the Father wants me to be. is what he has always wanted for me. And the truth is I still wander away from him sometimes. And the truth is I'm the one that does the wandering away. Not him. He has not wandered away from you. He does not need to return. He does not need to enter your presence because he is always there. I do the wandering. I do the returning. I do the entering of his presence. And when I am in that wandering place is when the questions and doubts come. But never while I'm in his arms. Never when I'm aware and deep in his love. There are always new depths and levels of his love that he wants for me and ways for me to increasingly be aware of his love. There is always more. I don't think here on earth we will ever experience fully his love. There is always new depths. But each place in each time we become increasingly aware of his love. There is no denying it. I believe that each one of us in this room have experienced his love at times so deeply that there is no way that you, there is no coincidence. There was just no denying it. Because his love for you and me is something that is very hard to be explained, very hard to understand outside of his arms. It needs to be experienced, and that's what happens when we accept we are accepted. We experience his love in a way that is inside the Father's arms. The son was able to experience his father's love and celebration. Everything that was happening for him, he was able to experience because he accepted he was accepted when he returned. He could have gone to the father, oh, father, I've sinned against you and against heavens, blah, 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 whatever speech he had ready. And then the father's like, no, 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 bring everything, put everything on him. And the the son could have been like, no, 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 wait, no, no, no. I need to be groveling to you for about three days. Then I'll be your servant for a week. And then maybe at the end of that, if I am worthy, you can throw me a party. The son could have made a choice to not accept that he was accepted by the father. And then there would be no celebration. The the father was always ready to celebrate his son. But the, the son's choice to be accepted, to accept that he's accepted, is what made the return home into a celebration. 
When you become increasingly aware of God's love, there is no denying it. And in this place of being aware of his love is the only place where I'm caused to look inwards and start any real change. The only place that he wants me to start anything from. If we look back at the son, anything that he would have done outside of the father's arms would have not been out of love. He would have not been out of place knowing he's loved. And he would have not been in a place of love. Anything that you would have done outside of the father's arms would have not been from a place of knowing and being aware deeply of the father's love for him. So for me personally, what does it mean for me to come home? For me to come home and be a home is to be in the father's arms and know I am safe. Um, and for me personally, it's always helped me to have a picture. So I picture something and I visualize something. So I always imagine myself, I think I have a picture, I picture myself in a nice, beautiful, cozy cottage. And it's just really nice and safe. Somewhere in the countryside, quiet and picturesque and way more than my mortgage right now. And it's just beautiful. And inside, there's a fire and a big comfy armchair where I'm all curled up by the fire. And the father is there with me. All these images signify being safe and secure to me. So it's a place where I start. I'm like, okay, I'm in the Father's arms. What does that mean for me? I need to put myself in that place. It also means to go deeper in his love and experience it more and more and to know, truly know, not just here, but in everything, that I don't need to strive, that I don't need to do more, that I don't need to earn, I don't need to please, I don't need to do all those things. That it, for me, coming home is increasingly knowing that. It's also increasingly doing everything from a place of knowing I am loved and in the Father's arms rather than my own insecurities. As well as dealing with my own insecurities, fears, traumas, worries, and everything else from a place of knowing more and more that I am truly loved and accepted. Only then I truly deal with anything and move forward in a way that changes my life and the life of those around me. Only when I start in the Father's arms, any real change can happen. These are all things that I know that make me feel like home, that make me feel like the son was when the father ran towards him. And I am working on living in this place of being at home and being aware of this place more and more. This is a place I want to live all the time. This is the place where I want to respond and react and do everything out of. But I am aware that there are times when I still operate out of that other place, out of the pigsty, out of the, oh, I need to earn, I need to go and grovel and do, give a speech and then everything will be fine. I'm increasingly more and more at home in his arms, but the awareness of where I'm operating from, the place of where I'm doing something, responding, reacting, is the key to me moving closer and closer to be like him. So how do I do that? How, how do I keep returning home? Because that beautiful image of the cottage is not my real home, so I can't keep returning there for real. So how do I do that practically? Um, 
So how, how do I increasingly try to be aware of this place? When things... The truth is, I have experienced his love before, and you and I have, and we know how he feels. We know how he feels to do anything out of this place. But we have also experienced not love. We have also experienced uh, unkindness and the world and doing things out of fear, worry, trying to please, trying to earn, trying to do something out of not the right place. We have experienced both. And I know the Father's heart. And I know which are things are from the Father's heart. So when things do not align with the Father's heart, I reassess. I try to stop, I take a step back, and I make a conscious choice of repenting, of returning home, which is, as we heard a few weeks ago, the true meaning of repentance. When I say I reassess and I repent, I don't mean I repent and I go in my dark room and I, you know, beat myself over and I beat myself up for, oh, I cannot believe I did this again. By repenting, I mean I return home. Because repentance is the act of coming home. Not apologies, not making up for it, no groveling. The simple act of returning home. It says in Luke 15 that the son got up and went to see his father. There was the only doing that needed to be done. Getting up, which is leaving the environment physically and mentally. So when I reassess and I think this is not aligning with the father's heart, I get up. Do I need to get up physically or mentally? Do I need, I need to leave the environment physically and mentally? And then he says, and going to see his father. So he made the choice of being in the presence of the father. Because if we read in verse 19, he says, there was, once he got to the father, there was the only thing that he had to do. Get up and go and see his father. None of the other things were were relevant. So in the moments when I feel like I need to do more, please more, read more, pray more, do all these things from a place of earning, I stop and I return mentally to that picture and sometimes physically I need to get myself out of this environment. Mentally I need to get myself out of this place. Okay, this is not what the father wants for me this is not the place the father wants me to be in respond from do every, anything and i i ask myself is this a place of fear worry showing up making him love me more not that i could but i think like that at times or is it from a place of being so deeply aware of his love that i can't help myself but be with him in his presence Waking up every morning to read your Bible and pray is beautiful. If it comes from this place of longing to be in his presence and aware of his love for you, not of, that's what I read 20 years ago in a Bible study book that told me that every morning I have to wake up and if I don't, I have to beat myself up for two days and then I have, I'm allowed to do it again. Let's read the next part of the verse. In verse 19, he says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The only doing the son did was getting up 
and to see his father. And the father's response was this. Filled with compassion, run to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. That is his response always, no matter how many times you return home. Ten times a day, that will always be his response. His response will never be like, again, my child? Come on. That will never be his response. His response will always be filled with compassion, running to him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. But let's go back a little bit to the beginning of the verse. Because in Luke 15, it talks about all these parables, the one with the coin, the lost sheep, and then the prodigal son. But the verse 1 says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. So Jesus' response to the Pharisees is these parables of repentance and coming home. Jesus is like, you think I just sit and eat with them? Let me tell you how far I'm willing to go for the people that I love. And then he tells them this parable in response to the Pharisees thinking, who are these people? They are not worthy of Jesus and of his time. Jesus tells this story to the sinners and the most unlovable people. He chooses to tell this story at this moment because he knows that they are going to be the ones that will find it hard to believe that they're loved. And he shows everyone that he loves everyone and runs towards them no matter what. Even the sinners, as the Pharisees call them, the ones that society found to be the ones with the biggest reasons not to be loved or believe they're loved. And Jesus tells this story in this environment, which is just beautiful. It's just Jesus' heart. You think I'm going to just sit and eat with these people and then move on? Let me tell you what I'm willing to do. I am willing to leave all the other ten coins and go and look for this one that you call a sinner. It's just beautiful. Let's read verse 21. Uh, the son says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. What? The son was so far from home that he questioned his identity. That, that thought of, I'm not worthy to be called your son, that thought is so far removed from the father's mind and the father's heart. He's not even thinking that. He's just waiting for his son. As a parent myself, I know this is true. My children are my children no matter what. There is nothing that I can do that makes them not my children. And I will work hard to show them this, to show them every day, and not just to say it, but to show them. So the father in the story does the same. He doesn't even try to argue with the son. Oh, yes, of course, you are my son. No, he doesn't even try to entertain this, this silly thought. He instead is showing him straight away, before any apology, before any groveling, any chance of making it up. He gives him a coat, a ring, and sandals. And he's throwing him a party. He's like, you think you're not worthy to be my son? I will show you that you are that and more. And he says this about his son in verse 24. He was lost and is found. Because before any making up for it, before any changes to prove himself, before he dealt with anything, he is found. Because the truth is, he will, never, he will not be able to do any of that outside of the father's arms. And if he does, it's for the wrong reasons, to prove himself, to please, to get a place to eat and sleep, which was my, mainly the first reasons why he even went home. 
or he will do these things from a place of falling, um, a place so far away from the Father's arms and love that he will always fall short. If he tries to make up for who, who he was outside of the Father's arms, it will not be something long-lasting. Only in the Father's arms, true change can happen. And then as we carry on reading the, the chapter, in verse 28, we read this. It says, The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Again, what a beautiful heart the father has. The father goes out again to meet his other son, to plead with him, to show him love and compassion, even though it was always been there, to remind him of the love he's always had and will carry on having, even if the son is back. He can't lose this love just because the son is back. It's not shared. It's not minimized. The father goes out again to his other son to meet him where he was at. All the son had to do was realize he was already in the house, in the father's arms. And from that place, he could have done so much, including, as he says it, having a small goat to celebrate with his friends. But even in the house, he had to get up and go and see his father. Being in the house was not enough. In verse 31, the father says this, everything I have is yours. Everything the father has belongs to his sons equally. Everything for his sons in equal measure. He's thinking, I don't know how else I can give you. Everything I have is yours. When we are at home and my children want snacks, which is a million times a day, they just come and ask me. They know what we've got in the cupboards. They know what they want, and they come and ask for it. Their awareness of we are home, I know that everything in this house also belongs to us, is there. So they come and ask. Everything the Father has is yours and is mine. So what do I need today? I can't ask for anything if I haven't realized I'm in my father's house and all he has is also mine. And with that, I want to finish this morning and I want us to pray and I want us to ask for what we need this morning because we are in our father's house and we are in our father's arms and everything that he has is yours. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your love that is so big and so beyond our understanding. Thank you, love, that it does not change no matter what. Thank you, Lord, for the times when I have been aware more and more of your love. But, Lord, I want to live in this place of being aware of your love all the time. And everything that I do, every response, every reaction, every ask, everything comes out of this place of being aware of your love for me and accepting that you have accepted me. Of a place that I know I'm in your house and everything you have is mine. Thank you, Father. We've been talking a lot about the first son who needs to return home. And maybe we found ourselves in that place as well and have been finding us there 
over and over again. But the second son, maybe you feel like the second son who has been in the father's house for years and years and years serving him. And you didn't enjoy the world, you know. You didn't live in sin. You tried to please him. You were with him. Serving. Using your gifts. Ministering. But you know you can still miss his heart. And not know his heart. He's not really saying that. <laughs> but you've been with me all along. All I have is yours. He's actually saying, all I am is yours. All I am is yours. <laughs> That's what oneness is all about. That's that oneness he's pulling us into. He, he wants to wake us up to our <laughs> bridegroom God. Marriage. The bridegroom and the bride. It's what this time is about. Realizing that he gives himself. If we ask for <laughs> gifts and provision and all these things that's all fine but it's just second best it's only second best just imagine you he <laughs> he says you can have me have me not just the things i give to you have me i want you to have me i am yours and you are mine and that means being home It's not about you functioning in your gifts. It's you becoming aware who you really are. That's way beyond functioning in your gifts. It's your identity. It's your design. It's your purpose. That amazing, multidimensional spirit being, your spirit being in that dimension, at home with him already, knowing these things. Your body and soul being in this realm, you're able to move in dimensions at the same time. Just imagine what creation, what creature, what new creation you are. It's like, okay, wake up, wake up. <laughs> I give myself to you. Above all the gifts, above all the provision, above, above all everything else, don't miss me. And my heart, don't miss me, have me. Don't go for less, don't settle for less. Don't be afraid of that closeness and intimacy. You're made for it. We're made for it. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would explode this truth within our entire being, in our spirit, our soul, 
our body, in every cell, in our entire being. Kiss us awake, Lord. Shake us awake, Lord, whatever it takes. We don't, re we don't want to miss you. We want your heart. Just as you want our hearts. Lord, and we say that we are yours. Fully yours. You are ours. I'm yours. You are mine. Father, I ask for the spirit of revelation and understanding that you would enlighten the hearts, the eyes of our hearts that we may see, that we will see in that very deep, deep place you're calling us into, in our spirit, transforming our mind, where we just know that we know who you are, who we are, just know, and we manifest it. Father, I ask you that you would draw us during that week, draw us into that deeper place, call us home into your heart to become aware of where we already are and sit and rest. And that you give yourself to us. Lord, show us what that means. It's too big for our minds. Thank you for that adventure, taking each one of us deeper into that journey in this really amazing time we live in. Thank you for the privilege to be alive now and see what you're doing. And we say, yes, Lord, have your way. Have your way, because we are yours. We want to discover what it means that you are ours. Thank you.